I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, welcome to And The Writer Is. I'm your host, Ross Golan. I've written with hundreds of artists and writers over the years, and my favorite part of each session is the first hour when we catch up about life, the industry, politics, composition, whatever. So this is a journey of learning why people write songs, how people write songs, and most importantly, who the people are who write the songs. I'm producing this with The Great Joe London, Big Deal Music Publishing, and Mega House Music Management. If you wanna listen to the songs we discuss in this podcast, Follow us on our socials, find out about special live events, or buy that merch, a.k.a. that hat I always wear. Go to our website, www.andthewriteris.com. For a little bit of context, we just wanted you to know that a lot of these were recorded before quarantine. And as we know, a lot has changed in 2020. So again, please stay safe out there and enjoy the new episodes of And The Writer Is. Welcome to And The Writer Is. I am your host, Ross Golan. Today's producer, songwriter, entrepreneur is not just on the cutting edge of music, but is on the cutting edge of the music industry. Led by a string of high-profile cuts with breakout artists like Janae, Aiko, Luke James, and Belly, this advocate has leveraged her success to champion a better future for women in music. She is the founder of the 7% program, which empowers female producers, engineers, and writers. This fighter is paving the way alongside some heavyweights, both on the creative and digital streaming service sides. From Florida, Virginia, and a bunch of other places, this leader is redefining the job description of a songwriter. And the writer is Shakari Track Girl Linder. That was such a great intro, Ross. I mean, that has to be the greatest intro ever. Of all, of all, you just I should just do uh, this intro today, for all of the people we today, have today. I need that. Yeah. I need that energy. You know, you could you you could probably rip it from the from when when we release it. You can rip oh, it, and then you can be just my make official your drop. tag. This is my official drop. Yeah, exactly. Before every song, everyone has every <laughs> single song. They have to listen to that. Okay, I get clearance today. Boom. Yeah, done. <laughs> My blessing. Um, okay, so you're ageless. Yes, I'm ageless. What's that like? You know, it's great. I can do what I want. I like to move like a mystery, you know? Mm. Someone called me a mystical creature the other day. Really? Like I'm a myth what or something. Think, what do you think <clears throat> they meant by that? Well, you know, I don't really... I guess I'm, like, not in the streets, I guess, like, uh-huh. publicly. Um, I used to be very, like, inside in the studio, but then, you know, I might pop out, show my face. There's a lot of people who don't know what I look like, actually. 
It's weird because this isn't helping that cause. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like now they'll know what you sound like yes. and they'll know what your music sounds like, but they hey. won't, you but, know, and they'll get, you know, they'll end up seeing the caricature that you'll get. You know, they'll see the cartoon picture of you and they'll hey. still be like, it's so close. Yes. So let's start as we do from the beginning. Okay. Uh, you were born in Florida. Any specific part of Florida? Yes, West Palm Beach. Okay. A very quiet city where like older people retire. Very sunny, beautiful what, Palm Beach. What was your family like and why was your family in uh in that area? Why if it's a uh, where people go retire, are your do your parents work in I have like, no clue. You know, that industry or something? No. It's honestly I don't really come from like an industry family. So I mean I have a musical family. Uh-huh. Um they're all across like the southern states, so like, not just Florida, you know, Georgia. They're all they're everywhere. Um but yeah, they just wanted to stay in Florida. Um, like my father was like driving trucks. <laughs> my real father, my mom, she worked at like retail Costco. But I had brothers and and siblings who was really into music. Like they, you know, sang in groups and was they went to school of the arts and stuff. But I oh, just, wow. yeah. I was just like the oddball. And did didn't your parents do? Do, do did your Parents so, sing, even though they were, you know, a truck driver and, and somebody works at Costco can still do music. They had a really good ear. They put me on to a lot of, like, 70s music, 80s, which I appreciate now. Um, my mom, however, was, like, classically trained as well, in instruments, as this, like flute, clarinet, clarinet, piano, stuff like that. Did but you have to play an instrument? She kind of forced me <laughs> to do it, like, the violin. <laughs> and the flute, but I didn't really... I would always lose my instrument. And I don't know, I couldn't really... I don't know. I didn't like, you know... What's the word? I didn't want to, like, sit there and, like, learn a bunch of rules and stuff. I just wanted to play different music. Uh-huh. What about your brothers? You said that they were in... Mute. Yeah, so I had a brother. He played in churches and stuff, and uh-huh. he... You know, he used to, like, sing in groups and stuff and tried it out. He actually was the first to really bring me to a studio, a recording studio, when I was young. So you're the younger sibling. I am. And he was like, yo, you want to come to the studio? And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. And then I just literally saw him create. And I was like, I want to do this. So I guess my brother kind of influenced me. Were you in elementary school or how old are you when you're when you're starting like to be introduced? Super to this? young. Um, how old? I was like twelve. Yeah, that's pretty young too. So, did you? When did you get? Um, a you know a computer to <laughs> to start producing because I mean really so much of production is in the box now. Mm-hmm. So it's you know who introduces you to. You know, you can walk into a studio and be like, wow, this is what I want to do. But there's a big jump between that yeah. and actually learning how to record music. Um, I used to bug him about equipment and I just listened and I researched, like, I think I Googled or something. I was like, what's a good startup setup? And I worked at McDonald's when I was like 15. <laughs> and is this I, in Florida still or is this now? Well, we actually moved to Virginia when I was 15. Oh, okay. So we moved to Virginia. And I worked at McDonald's. I played on the basketball team. And I guess, like, well, one, in high school, this was like a culture shock coming from Florida, moving to a country part in Virginia. So I was like, what the hell? Where in Virginia? Spotsylvania County. Whoa. <laughs> Have you ever heard that. of Spotsylvania County? No. 
Why did your you don't want to go there? <laughs> why Why did you Why did you move there? Um, my dad's job. Uh-huh. So we he took us to Virginia. So yeah, I guess my way of like coping that. So I purchased a Gateway computer and an Akai MPD um, sixteen drum pad and started experimenting. Were you showing people? Do you remember your first song? Oof. I remember like my early beats. My first song, it probably it probably was like my first placement, like a full song. Let's go with your first beat then. Okay, first beat. So when you Horrible. have a beat, you're you're making this beat. Um, are you showing your brother? <laughs> are you showing anybody? No, I was I was in my room. I didn't want to show anyone. I didn't call myself a producer then. I literally what was were just, you? What did you call yourself? <sighs> like, didn't your mom say, "What are you doing?" constantly yes, on your all computer? the time you should be practicing your instrument she's like yeah. what is this yeah i was like mom just relax let me just i got this one day i promise you but i didn't call my producer uh, i didn't call myself a producer then i was just experiment and just learn about you know sonics and how to mix things and different programs i was on fruity loops at the time yeah because i was like the easiest program to get for me I mean, at that age it's and still what resource wise a lot. Yeah. Certainly in hip-hop, a lot of people use it. A lot of pr- songs that are being played are yeah. made in Fruit Loops. Um, when, uh, when you're in high school and you're a producer in <laughs> probably a small town. You couldn't call me a producer yet. Yeah, but you are just because you didn't call yourself one. I wish I knew not. then. I wish I had someone like you then to tell me that. Well, I'm telling Boom. you now that you were then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because girls didn't have, you know, I didn't have that. Someone, you know, pushing me like, oh, you can be a music producer. You know, I didn't have that push. Then who who does push you to do that? At the time, it was literally just looking at images of like Missy Elliott going crazy. Like her whole artistry of doing what she wanted to do literally had no limitations of creativity. And I was like, yo, I want that. <laughs> what is it about Virginia that produces so many uniquely qualified music makers? I feel like Virginia, it's an area that just breeds like rarity. So like there's only going to be one Pharrell. There's only going to be one Chad Hugo. There's only going to be one Timberland. And it's an area, I guess, that's not like oversaturated. You know what I'm saying? Musically. I don't know. There's no industry there. So we have to get out of Virginia and spread out. So I think whatever comes from Virginia, it's very rare. It's very unique. It's new. It's never been heard of. And then boom. Um, What made you leave Virginia? (laughs) Where are we on the timeline? So let's see. High school. 16, 17. Let's... I went to college in Virginia, so I went to uh-huh. Hampton University. Good school. So what? I'm 18. Let's skip to 18 years old now. And I'm still in my room, still not calling myself a producer. In in college? So you... Not did- yet. Soon I will be in college. But who... So you don't play this music really for anybody? <laughs> not even your best friends or... You know, is no one I probably played it? played. played it what for encourages a fruit- someone to stick with something for four years without <laughs> the outside? Right. Do you know what I mean? Someone along the way has to be, even if it's your friends, have to be like, that's pretty good. They even didn't if believe they have bad me. taste or good taste, like somebody's <laughs> saying, 
my, my, certainly my friends in high I'm, school who were like, wow, you're really good, had no idea. I think I um. was just like, <laughs> just working, like, just working on my craft secretly. Yeah. And then college was when I really was like opening up because, you know, in college you meet so many different people. And that's where I, you know, I met some of my really best friends in music and they actually pushed me like, yo, you should really take this, go to start going to L.A., go to Atlanta. So like during like spring breaks during college, I literally would go to Atlanta and just figure it out and meet different artists and stuff and then embed myself in the studio. So college really just pushed me to like, okay, you can do this. It's a really progressive school too, though. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, as far as universities go, it's it's not, you know, it's famous for being progressive. Yeah, it's a tiny school. It's a private school, a private institution. Mm -hmm. So it's like a tight family. Um, I just wish... I don't know. I'm probably making this up, but I don't know if you make your own major or it's something where they don't (laughs) give you grades or it's like there's something. It wasn't like... I feel like Hampton was like a place where I remember reading that it was just like it was... They had all kinds of different music degrees that you could have, or is it not like that? Not, not from when I was in school. What did you What did you major in? Oh God, I started as a computer science major. Wow, because I'm a nerd. I just always had an interest in technology. Like I wanted to code, I wanted to program, create a software, create music software. So I was like, oh, okay, let me take up computer science, and then that was just deadly. Did you ever make <laughs> your own? Um, instruments, your own software instruments? I wish I got that far. Um, I actually changed my major and went to like marketing. Um, But I still had an interest in music and I minored in music. But I didn't really like the music courses and I guess the environment and culture for myself who really just wanted to be a creative. And again, I just wish, you know, Hampton had better programs at that time. That's all I'm so if you're going down to <laughs> Atlanta and you're like, hey, I'm going to get into this industry, but I don't know anybody. Mm. How does somebody, you know, most of the people who listen to this podcast are people who are trying to get in okay. and, and they most people send, you know, questions like, how do I get my music heard? Mm-hmm. And this is the pivotal point in the story for all Anybody who works in the industry has mm-hmm. to go from the I want to get heard to getting heard. And what is your process from going to Atlanta to actually getting invited into the room? Oof. Um, so I had a friend, his name was Jason, and he was another producer. Um, and he was always in Atlanta, always in the studio. He also like was acting as like an A&R too, and he was basically bringing records to Omarion at the time. He was working on, like, his Care Package mixtape EP or whatever. And he was like, yo, you should try to get on this project. So I would literally just send him music via email to my friend Jason, who was in a session with Omarion. So it was like that middleman engagement. Who introduced your music to Jason? Well, we knew each other from, like, high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, Jason, you know, he didn't go to college, I don't think. Um, He was just, he just really wanted to be in the industry, and he was just building his career. So he was like, I guess he 
at, I think at the time he was working with like Hitmaker, like Young Youngberg at the time in Atlanta, and he just knew those guys. He was just in the space. So I was like, okay, cool. Maybe my music will be heard with whoever he's around. And I sent my music, and that's how I got like my first Omarion placement. I was like a junior, sophomore, junior in college. Did the other kids in college? Um, were they? Did they think you were the coolest human? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, who in college is actually starting to get cuts? Did you have any idea what what was happening to your career while also being in school? Back then, no, but I can appreciate it now. Um, you know, back then I was just so young. I was just excited that my music was with a major artist, or like a major artist cut my my record. You know, I wasn't thinking about. Um, this is unfortunate, but credit, proper credit, um, how things are being synced, publishing on the the business side of things. I wasn't thinking about that back then. What Um, was unfortunate about it? I just wish I, I guess, took advantage of the moment better, I guess. What would you have done differently? I just knew, (laughs) excuse me, unfortunately, just the credit part wasn't right. Unfortunately, what was I the don't want to like you know shade someone. <laughs> when, when the song was cut, <laughs> did you get a chance to hear it before it came out? No. Why? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Jason, when where it, are you, Jason? <laughs> when it came out, were you? It was a surprise. It was like a Beyonce moment. You know was how it, Beyonce just drops music. Like, it was, like, a surprise right. for me, to me. Yeah. But um, I wish I would have, I could have, I guess, took advantage of the situation, like, be in the session or knew who the engineer was. Like, just, there, there so, needs to be any changes to the song. Like, it happens to, like that, though. Right? I mean, I mean, think, I, mean I, I think for most people, when they're first, <laughs> when they get their first cuts, it's rare that they're the ones that are leading the session and figuring yeah. out you know like you're just I mean, I, at getting time, in the door that way is, you're right. um, is that's a it's still a cool way to it's an awesome way yeah. i mean i i do appreciate that moment for sure because then it was like okay track girl you know and then the internet was slowly starting to take shape musically i think when did soundcloud start 2010 when did after omarion you're in college mm-hmm. did you finish school and then barely but yes i finished school perfect i mean no one's ever gonna ask I you mean, this question yeah, no. besides this moment you, so you ross thank you um i you love go. your questions um did you move from you went from hampton college to um to new york or no? no so okay so after i graduated from hampton university i got a job uh-huh you know, my parents were very adamant about me getting a job. So I worked for the federal government um, before I even, like, did pursued music full-time. What did you do for the federal government? I can't tell you that. Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous now. <laughs> I feel like this I did is various a- things. I was a contractor. Yeah. And, but, and then I filled seats. Just say I've, I filled a seat. It's a go. good... That's fun. Um, and where were you based then? I was in Northern Virginia at that so, time. So, so I lived you're going in to um, DC. Yeah, DC slash Virginia. Um, yeah. What Arlington, Virginia? 
what um it feels like there are a lot of things in this moment that could probably just make you feel like you were done with music oh my god yes because <clears throat> even she knows ashley knows just having like a nine there's nothing wrong with a nine to five because i use that nine to five to be for a stepping stone to fund you know what i wanted to do was you know travel buy my equipment and stuff learn enhance my skills and stuff um because i'm still an independent you know artist per se but um yeah i use that as like a, a crutch to where i wanted to get to what gets you out of the nine to five i mean in the same question as like knocking on the doors in atlanta certainly oh you know you're when you there's a an expression that you know good is the enemy of great mm. and when you have an income and health insurance mm. and all the things you get from a government job why did you i mean i understand why you left but why did you leave so let's see, where are we in the story? Why did I leave? I just got tired. I couldn't create when I wanted to. I just felt boxed in. I was literally getting depressed because I was like, why am I? I always think, why am I here? But you're right. You know, those resources, giving up health insurance, giving up a, a steady income. I wanted to just take a risk because I knew, well, I need to I need to take this risk in order to get to a certain place. But I was strategic with it, though. So, so? like, or I guess we can fast forward to how I met Ashley. I just felt like I just had this like mantra that producers are essentially artists and they can do certain things that artists do producers can do as well so for example i really wanted to work with brands i wanted to do music for different campaigns i wanted to potentially have my music in films i wanted to just do different things mm -hmm. and i was like okay i sat down i was like so how can i create income because at the time you know producers aren't getting paid a lot like starting off, you know, it's hard to get our fee. We get back ended all the time, just crazy stuff. So it's like, well, how can I create a steady income while that is being handled in different lanes and stuff like that? So I met Ashley. <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's a it's a lot. it's a roadmap, but we can. Yeah, no, let's go down the roadmap. Let's go down the roadmap. You know, I mean, so there's a. Learning about what you, what you were saying, how you wished that you knew about publishing and credit and all that stuff yeah. from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, I feel like that's hand in hand and how do you make a living at mm. it? Yes. You know, um, knowing what you want to do and having that mantra, mm -hmm. how do you still go from that mantra to actually... You know, meeting Ashley and explain who Ashley is. Although I see her right now, um, <laughs> um, other people can't. So explain, explain who Ashley is, and then explain what it's like to go from being these are things I want to do to doing them. Yeah. Um, so Ashley, she's lovely. She's a boss. She's my manager, um, more so on the brand side of things and the film side. Um, and we met in DC and. When we first met each other, you know, I was just just trying to fill her out. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people told me about her. She's great reputation, just awesome person. And, you know, we took like six months to really get to know each other before we started, like, you know, hit the ground running with mm -hmm. my career, um, which is important. Um, 
and then since then, like, she understood, like, my vision and goals. And, you know, she was just really excited about me. And I haven't, you know, felt excited about music. Because at that point, you know, it was just, I, f- I was really, like, low in a sense. And she just gave me more inspo to be like, yo, like, you can really kill it. Yeah. What's the thing that brings you from... You know, this, I don't know exactly what year we're at, but from looking at the discography, it you all of a sudden have songs with Luke James, and I mean, I even see that there's a co-write with Diddy on it. What? Is that what it says? Is that I right? Think, I don't know. It literally says co-written I? with. I Shout out to my, Diddy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a sample or something. It might know. be a Bad s- news? No, there was no sample in that. Maybe that's a miss typo. There's no sample delete, in bad news. Highlight, delete Please. that part. Okay, so it's hard to clear samples. You, Come on, I want to keep my my bread, Ross. Do you not use samples? I do sometimes, but like, it's hard to clear samples. Why is There's it so a hard to clear I samples? I want to clear now. And what's what's so hard about clearing it? Because someone owns the rights to the artist, and they won't clear it. They won't allow it at all, or even it's just, or it just takes time. I don't know why it takes so long. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, do you want to be more of an artist or a producer? I want to be both. More so production, though. I I would love to like have a lengthy discography that was just unique and not the norm, um, which I really wanted to, and not stay in one genre. Um, but now, like. It's it's hard to get in these rooms, so now I'm trying to just think of like how I can start releasing music and maybe doing my own projects or the artists that I do know. Why don't we come together and do like a full project together as a challenge to myself? So, when you want to curate your own discography, <laughs> it's one of the hardest things for writers to do. But I know a lot of people who want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people really succeed at it. You know, Benny Blanco is a good example. Oh somebody who refused to work with artists he didn't want to work with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe there are certain times when he wants to work with an artist. But he he never, you know, like sold out, we'll say. Right. You know, he always just aimed for a certain kind of artist. Um, that takes an incredible amount of confidence. Yes, it does. Um, do you ever feel like you're missing out? by not aiming for kind of the low-hanging fruit of of production or music, the music industry? Um, I don't think I'm missing out. I'm trying to think. That's a good question. I mean, I don't think that it's a matter... I don't think you have to feel like you're missing out. I just think like, it's interesting to be like, you know, do you ever have FOMO when you look at other, all the time. other producers? All the time. I'm sorry, my brain's moving a thousand no, miles per second. Um, I feel like Luke James becomes a, a really significant artist to I start. I love him. Yeah. He's so, amazing. So that becomes the... That's really sort of the, the coming out party of the uh, productions for you. Kind of, where it's, yeah, you know, well, this it kind of was. It's, um, I would say, yeah, Luke was like the first one to really like let me do what I want sonically i guess um because i guess if you listen to bad news it's not like a radio record it was just it was just something that i really loved you know it just moved me it Mm -hmm. wasn't um you know it's not i guess pop it was no formula to it it was just like a really just felt good 
wasn't a lot of tracks on it. It was literally. What about the other, um, you know, the other songs that you had with him? Was it? Did you send tracks, or were you actually in the room with him? Um, we weren't in the room together for Bad News. We were in the room together for we did a rendition of Sade's Pearls, mm-hmm. which was that's probably my favorite Sade record, and we just redid it together in the room. Whose idea was it to interpolate? Shade. I think it was both of our, our ideas. Like, we just was, like, sending each other inspiration. And we were just, I think it was around the time of her birthday. We are like, oh, it would be really cool if we just redid Pearls. And, yeah. Shade is the best. She's amazing. Um, Janae. Yes, Janae. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That, I mean, to me, you know, that's one of the more influential artists of the last five years you know so when you're on your way up and you're also working you know and you're if you be to have a a a new producer and a new artist collaborating at the same time is a lot of magic happens i love her so what is how did you get introduced to janae and what is the story behind that song Oof. um so how did i get introduced to janae so Around like 2014, I think I took my first L.A. trip. Mm. Um, I met two guys through referrals because I was looking for music management at the time. So um, I went to L.A. Their name was our Brandon Kitchen and Bradley Beckwith. And they they were really embedded in the L.A. industry scene. Um, so I remember like my first session well, it wasn't a session. It was just like a link up. We were going to Big Sean. I think at the time he was working on that Chris Brown record. Um, you remember this? I don't remember the title. But they literally were mixing and we were in the lobby of Sean's like uh, studio house or whatever. And I just remember hearing them play the record. I was like, oh, crap. It's, you know, what beats am I going to play for Sean? Like in my mind, I'm like, crap, what am I? Because again, my brain just moves a thousand miles per hour. And I was expecting Sean to walk out, but it was no ID who walked out. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to curse. Okay, cool. So I'm like having like a moment because I'm like a huge fan. And I have a, I'm just, just going crazy. In my mind, though, I didn't say anything. And so they introduced me to him. And like the first thing he says was like, what do you use? I'm like, I, I use Logic. And he's, he's like, you should get on that Ableton. I was like, all right. 
<laughs> literally I bought Ableton after that but it was just we just had a moment and then I think like a few days later we just ended up in his studio and just talking and just vibing out I played him some music and then he was just like at the time I think they were finishing like Vince Staples album Vince Staples is awesome by the way amazing he, yeah um and just met him met at the time met Snow Allegra they were you know developing her um and then he was just like yo you have anything for Janae I was like yeah like yeah I do so I think he sent her my music and literally we didn't start creating together I think it was like two years later you and no ID Janae you and Janae yeah so like she heard about me but like we didn't start until we just connected and she was like yo just send me stuff I heard about you no ID Oh, yeah. He's still... I feel like he's like my uncle. I still, to this day, like, hey. I mean, He's an you, awesome guy. Have, having people like that in the industry and having mentors is everything. Yeah, I, I definitely would say he's a mentor. Um, he's very wise and he's just a purist, you know? He's just a good person in general, too, outside of music. Like, he's just a good guy, you know? Yeah. You know, the... When we talk about mentorship and we talk about how you wish you knew more about publishing and talk to, talking about how, you, you know, there's aspirations on the artist side and on the, the producer, the writer-producer side. But, you know, what's what's always interesting for me is when there are people in the industry that are are trying to help out the next generation and... and why why are you helping out the next generation and why are you doing it the way you are I, give like a real extensive background <laughs> on what the you know the 7% the program is and what inspires you to be an advocate if we're going to change the music industry it's going to be because we change it so yeah. we need you know, we need leaders and yes. you're a leader. So explain <sighs> my how best. you got there. Yeah. You know, just I never really had the resources or the push to get into the production space while I was coming up as, you know, a youngin. And, you know, throughout my journey, I just saw a disparity, you know, of, you know, women in the studios. Um and it's just like a, a divide in a sense. I don't know why. We're still trying to figure out why. Um, a divide between men and women? Not a divide, or? but just lack of like, you know, opportunities. You know, it's just hard. Not hard, but we just weren't in the rooms. I didn't see someone like me, you know, in the rooms all the time. Like, it was just, you know, a male-dominated space. Um, but further into my journey at you know talking to other girls and women you know they would tell me horror stories that happened to them and you know i'm just like why is this occurring Are you the know horror stories in i'm sure it's all fronts um but are you saying on the business side are you saying on the you know or on the personal side or, or both all fronts yeah yeah so a lot of those stories touched me and I'm just like, yo, we have to create something. We have to create like a home. We have to create a standard, um, which is why we started the 7% program, which, you know, as you know, less than 7% um, 
is the makeup of women who are producers and engineers in the industry space. Um, so the seven is uh, it's a biblical meaning as well. Seven is like a rarity. We just like the seven. And so it started off as just, uh, right now we're just doing events and stuff, but now we're trying to transition the conversation and actually get into building creative spaces for women-led spaces. So hopefully 2020, things can happen. <laughs> you said you don't know why, but why do you think there is a disparity? It's a lot of factors. Um, education, um, there's a socioeconomic issue as far as like, get, it's it's really expensive to get equipment, you know. Um, education, again, mentorship. I didn't have like a, a mentor, you know, coming up when I was young. Um, and again, safe spaces. <laughs> so, yeah. What can... What can men in the music industry learn about how to help the 7%? Um, like I said, you know, I have men who are mentors, great guys, um, you know, who I've met along my journey. Um, just, you know, more support, uh, collaborative efforts as well, like willingness to be like, yo, you know, let's bring this this awesome girl in, like just that eagerness to bring us into the space more so um just just be conscious you know do you th see things changing in you know in the you know i feel like the i feel like the creative part of the music industry was less affected by me too um in a way that i wish it was more affected by it mm. you know i feel like there was a lot of there are a lot of people who you know not not that it should be about calling people out but yeah. um the push for equality in the creative industry doesn't feel like the push is coming from all angles in the way that, um, you know, what BB Rexa has started doing, yeah. what you're doing. You know, there's there are a lot of women who are leading a movement. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'm trying to figure out is why, how do we get the men in the music industry to recognize these programs in a productive way, in in an actual way, and not just in not just applaud it, yeah. but enact it. Yeah, yeah. It's never like anti anti men, you know. Again, like I've met amazing men. I've just met you, and you're really dope. Like, but again, it just takes just <laughs> having it in their brains. Like, yo, just being more proactive, wanting to get involved um, with our program. You know, we're gonna. We're going to have more men involved, of course. You know, the reality is the girls and women have to work together and work with, be able to work with other men. But we just want more visibility, more opportunities, you know? Yeah. Um, when you, see, what do you see the, you know, what's your outlook for how the music industry is going to look in a few years? When you, you know, we were talking outside about, you know, obviously, we have no genres, and that you're not a hip hop producer; you're a producer. <laughs> you know, do you think that um, 
both from the angle of the advocacy and the 7% and creatively, how do you see the joining of genres and people in the business? What's what's the dream scenario? What is it? What should sessions look like? Uh, It's just diversity, a lot of color, um, no judgment, just music is the the first thought you know music comes first um just healthy positive vibes in studio culture um and again just more collaborations but just just different unique you know not boxed in i don't like to box myself in genre wise like i want to be able to be on the latin charts sure (laughs) do you work in latin music at all We're working on it. Uh One of our favorite artists is amazing. She produces most of her stuff. Her name is Rosalia. She's cool. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Amazing. You like Rosalia? I mean, that's that's the... uh, (laughs) So we have a... um, We're fortunate. We have a pool. And um, I sit outside and listen to pretty much, like, only music, Latin music. Mm. Because... I don't analyze lyrics that way, you know, (laughs) and you can kind of just enjoy the feel of it. And Joe, you know, Joe's like a multi-nominated Grammy and Latin Grammy nominated producer here. You know, it's like, there's there's something about, (laughs) there's something about the uh, Latin music for all of us that is just so fun. Right. Her album, you can literally listen to it from start to finish without understanding anything she's saying just like totally. sonically it's amazing like, yeah it's, it's a movie have <laughs> you ever traveled to any spain and sure i mean i was gonna say any any have you worked in any countries that, i want to i really yeah. want to go to like london and just create out there or go uh-huh. to jamaica and create out there sure or um nigeria you know work with african artists um i want to be global yeah. you know We've, I mean, most we of went to Sweden. Sweden's really dope. Yeah, the artist there is just like crazy, and they sometimes they're so modest about it mm-hmm. that they're really, really good writers. Yeah, you talk a lot about wanting to get involved in you know branding mm-hmm. and working in in brands. Yeah, and you know, in that is a, a specific, sort of a hot button word for this generation of producers and writers, you know, the idea of branding yourself and -hmm. and working with brands. Uh, What do you think about, you know, your involvement in working on other brands and how that influences you working on your own? Uh, The key word is balance. But um, everything that we try to do with brands, we don't say yes to everything. We try to make, ensure that everything's aligned with what we're doing and let's say we're working with a product I want to be ensure that I use that product and I actually like it like your technology so one thing is we try to work with brands that align with you know what we're doing on the track track girl end sure um, which is key Um, and it's okay to say no to things as well um but yeah, it's it's a unique uh, world today. There's there's different ways that producers can create income and establish themselves on the brand side. Like the internet's crazy. What are ways that people can create income outside of, you know, songs coming out? Yeah. So, um, 
let's say, what did I do? I did music for like Reebok in their podcast, like music for that. That was a pretty cool thing. Um, another example, I was able to do a mini like producer tour with Remy Martin, which is unique. Um, it was myself, Zaytoven, Boy Wanda. Um, so that was a pretty cool look. Um, were you playing, uh, was it sort of standard venues or were they Remy Martin parties? Yeah. What was it like? So it was Live Nation and Remy Martin. And I guess it was like venues, um, Mm. that through Live Nation and they were kind of like parties, but it was a producer competition. So like we judged a lot of producers in different cities. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Do you find any producers? You're like, oh my God, that's pretty Yeah. There was this one guy who was really, really dope. From where? Where was he from? I think Chicago. Hey. Yeah. Oh, you're from Chicago. Right? Well, kinda. Kinda. I say I'm from Chicago. <laughs> tell my friends who've been to my place that <laughs> you're not from Chicago. Um, That's a classic, but it's true. Um, I'm yeah. I'm probably closer to where Joe's from in Milwaukee than I am to oh, Chicago. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's mm. yeah you can do music for brands. You can literally go on tours, competitions. I want to get into performing music one day, like live production sets um but it's really why don't you oh we're working on it i just want to prepare yeah because i'm really like a nerd when it comes to set design and stuff um so that's a different how so like i think one of the greatest well not greatest but their set design was really cool kanye's floating stage was really dope um uh, one tour he was he had the like the Margiela mass and it was like an all white it looked crazy the stage was like statues and ballerinas but it was just like a lot of theatrics and I'm yeah. like oh my god I really want this theatrics he was in the center of the stage playing the NPC I want to do that yeah <laughs> yeah um how do you do that on a on a, a budget? I mean that in the sense true. that like no, talk about Kanye this. has you know a, a crazy budget. If where you're at, where you you you're still trying to, I feel like tour with it. How do you how do you do it? I feel like producers, the artists that they do build relationships with, like maybe ask to go on tour or partner with whoever their agency is or however that works. Um, partnerships are important, so. I think we can pull it off. When do you, <laughs> when when should our listeners expect to see you? I don't know. 2020? 2021? Summer, summer I really want to do like an art installation, guys. I feel like music is art. Sorry, I'm too close. Art. I agree with that. How does, um, how does commerce and art mix in your head? Mm. If you're creating music for <laughs> art, us. and if you're if you're creating shows that are that are art, you know this is a challenge that um, the artist side of writers all deal with is wanting to be wanting to have some credible music mm-hmm. and a credible career, but also want to be able to pay their bills. There's a way to do it. How is that? Partnerships. Seek, you know, sponsorships. Seek those brands who support you. Again, like, I'm independent, so I don't, you know, I don't have, like, that publishing deal, that big crazy publishing deal or whatever. Um, Why not? (laughs) Because... 
<laughs> Why not do a publishing deal? I no, I I'm not against it. Just it's not the right time for me. I don't think. Uh-huh. Why not do a record deal? See, Ross, you're already speaking things into fruition. It's already in my mind. Don't worry, it might come. Okay. Okay, we're working on it. All right. Ross. Are you going to keep me posted? I'm going to keep you posted, Ross. Then let's go to the next segment. I just feel like producers, (laughs) you can create on your own terms, you know? Yeah. You don't have to sign your life away. Ross, you didn't sign your life away. You created something... Well, you guys look up Ross's story. I won't get emotional, but it's a deep story if you think about it, Ross. I appreciate that. It's, it feels deep to me, but it's my, I mean, I wake up every day and have to, you know, look in the mirror. So, I mean, look, the 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 the, 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 the thing with being, you know, the signing your life away. It's also relative if that person helps you achieve your actual goal, whatever that yeah, is. I'm it, not it, saying it's it's know. a negative thing. Yeah. I've just seen and, and, and saw like and heard just these horror stories of my my producer friends, you know, literally signing their lives away and not seeing a return, you know, being locked yeah. in and not, you know, that music never comes out, you know. That's the part that I don't, you know, want to be involved in. A publishing, I just want, a, a deal should just be right. It just should just feel right. And yeah. if it's going to be a stepping stone, I think it's awesome. But, you know, that wasn't a route that, you know, I took. You know what I'm saying? I'm not against any type of deal. If it's right for you, it's right for you. Just wasn't right for me at the time. Sure. Well, <laughs> the good thing about publishing deals is that they can keep coming throughout your whole career. Yeah, then, no, no. You know, it's... it's a, they they you get new offers different offers yeah. different companies mean different things and plus different it's, relationships it's just a unique things. time you know how so you have like a lot of like i guess boutique um labels now taking not taking more control but like creatively i guess the perception is that they're independent like the independent artist is like ideal i guess like a wall or um cobalt um, human resources, a lot of these smaller guys are really like the demand these days. A lot of artists are doing partnerships, you know, distrib- distribution deals versus signing, you know, entire year year terms and stuff like that. They're doing by projects and stuff. But it, it takes, it, you know, what, what people don't realize um, if... if if they haven't researched you at all, is that it, it takes it takes an entrepreneur to make that work. Yes. That you can do a deal with a distributor. Mm-hmm. You can get your music. 40,000 songs are uploaded a day. It's hard. Right it's now. a lot. Is that what it is? is or is it a per week? But whatever it is, it, it, I think it's a day. At Spotify's 40,000 songs per day that even if you're releasing music from a major... You know, maybe that gets you on on certain playlists, but if you're not hustling, it just goes away. It oh. has. It doesn't matter if you're on a major or an independent or anything. If you're not an entrepreneur, this isn't the right industry for you. And I think yeah. a lot of people expect that if you're an artist, someone along the way is going to do it for you. And no, say, no, 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 you don't no. understand. All the artists you know are hustling the whole way. They not are not just on stage, not just in the studio. They are. 
that all that branding that you're talking about, all the partnerships mm-hmm. are led because these, you know, these artists are savvy, not because <laughs> not because someone's doing it for them. And no, you know, if all. you you can sign to an A wall, mm-hmm. um, as long as you, as long as you're signing to A wall, you you know, it's really hard for people to just. Otherwise, you know, there's TuneCore. You can release anyone can release music mm-hmm. right now, but but not anyone can release music and have anyone hear it. You have to be the grind doesn't stop. You know, you definitely. I like how you said you have to have that entrepreneurial mindset because, you know, it is your career, and you know that's the mindset that I've always had. You know, coming up, I did it myself. You know, I learned. You know, self taught. Um, and I feel like you still have to use your voice. You still, you know, you have to be strategic, but ultimately it's about your career. And I think, you know, we've been kind of, well, we're thriving, not thriving. That's not a good word. We're doing well, I yeah. think. I think we're doing really well with... What would what, thriving mean? Um, we're just creating on our own terms, you know, uh. just doing things that people might not, you know don't see for a producer so like is it your marketing background from college that helps with that probably and because i just have crazy ideas and like i have a a great partner in crime who logistically structures my crazy ideas Mm -hmm. and make it work and make it come to life but i just feel like i'm just an overall creative you know and it's just there's so much you can do in life but you have to be patient too and it's not easy there's been very dark and low times, you know. So, how, just have to just push how excited up. is your family with <laughs> the achievements you've had? I hope they're excited. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge thing to go from I'm making music in my room at 15 <laughs> to, you know, I living like in I'm... New York and doing big brand tours and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I think they're proud of me. I think so. I think my family is proud of me. Um, Are you proud of you? Oof. This is like therapy. <laughs> um, kind of. I just feel like I'm still, it's just the beginning and there's so much to do, so much I want to do. I guess I do have to take a step back and be like, oh, this is amazing. Um, I, guess, I, I would say I'm proud of me, but I just have a lot to do. That's just the, I'm just being hard on myself. You know, I'm blessed though for sure. I'm thankful for everything. Um, I just, there's so much I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So much I have to learn too. Yeah. What do you think you have to learn next? Um, well, I just feel, you know, I'm a student to the game. You know, I'm teaching myself some Earth, Wind, and Fire songs this winter on the piano. <laughs> there you go. I'm getting back into theory, writing yeah. sheet music. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that when when people talk about math and music, they don't realize that no, literally, if you learn sheet music, it becomes a whole lot more clear. <laughs> what you know, and people talk about composition. That when you talk about the numbers and you talk about the song math or whatever, it sounds um, it sounds not tangible. <laughs> but if you can read music, then it's so clear what all that means so you know yeah i I really want to get into 
film score in one day. So I feel like enhancing that skill of theory and just learning about that world, I think, will be beneficial, even if it takes me years and years and years. Yeah. Let's do a five for five thing. All right. This is a new segment. I'm going to list five things, five people or things. <laughs> you're just going to tell me what comes off the top. Oh, of crap. Yeah. <laughs> Janae Aiko. Vibes. <laughs> I like that. Luke James. Beautiful voice. <laughs> I no. was going to say beautiful man. <laughs> I mean, you can say that too. Luke, you're beautiful. You're a beautiful man. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> um, no ID. Sensei. Harlem. Uptown. <laughs> and Ashley. Best friend. Oh. She just she's just she's weeping over there in the corner. <laughs> she's weeping. Um well thank you for doing this. Ross, you're amazing. I mean You need your flowers. What? You need your flowers. Mm. That's sweet. I'm being serious. You and Joe. Joe, you over here laughing. It's the truth. You, you know, guys aren't. But like what? Look. The, you need to be more sweet, Joe. Yes. To your friend. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> be more sweet to me, man. Give him his flowers. I'm vulnerable. I need flowers. <laughs> um, but thank you for doing this. Look, the, we were saying this before in the, you know, during and now at the end that it's so important for us to um, show attainability to the next generation. For sure. And the we already know what it's like to see someone go from nothing to being a writer. Mm-hmm. We've heard that story. That happens a lot. It's not to say that's not difficult. It's just, it's a story that we can all research. It's been happening since, you know... The 40s, really since 1909, you know, since Irving Berlin. Mm. So the story of the songwriter who's become successful, that's one thing. But in 2020, the story is, um, first of all, the first question is, what is a songwriter? Mm. And the idea of going from you know, the the bottom to the top means something different now than it's ever meant. Certainly in the music business. Yeah. Because there isn't one path anymore. There's not just, there's no record stores and radio is not singular. It's not the same. So <clears throat> it's not to say you can't make a lot of money and you shouldn't aim for those things if you want to aim for those things. But like you're saying, if music is art, there's still ways to make a living mm-hmm being a musician Mm -hmm. and there's a way to do it um, regardless of your gender or race or where you come from but more importantly you know the most important part of this conversation I really feel like is not about us in this room but it is about you know how do we as a community embrace people who wouldn't otherwise be part of this community Mm. because the talent is there but that maybe the education and the resources aren't Mm -hmm. and so for you to help provide that to people who are you know younger than you or less experienced they may be older than you but don't have access but you know first thing that we talked about is 
being ageless, <laughs> having no genre, mm-hmm. and and it, it's because you're leading the conversation amongst your peers and in this industry about you know how do we as an industry actually grow yeah. without it being about charts or being about things that isn't really why any of us got into music to begin with. It's not to say we shouldn't aim for charts. I like I I get that as a success marker and I I I love the business, but the business is bigger than than what we think it is. And sometimes we need people to remind us that. And you're one of those people. So thank you for doing it. Ross, that was amazing. There you go. (laughs) My heart strings. Thank you so much, Ross. Well, thank you for doing this. No, you're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is... If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And the Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to David Silberstein from Mega House Music and Michael White. Until next time... This is Ross Golan. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.